So let's say that someone is dating someone in a that is operating in the Jezebel spirit. What does that look like? Constant blaming. Blaming you, finding something at fault, and they're never taking ownership for their side of it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, it could be, again, causing fights for no reason. I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm the Terrasaw Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, the Terrasaw Whitfield. But let me tell you something. I am so excited to just have a conversation with today's guest. Uh, she's the co-owner of DEI Consulting and Training Solutions. She's the author of the amazing book, From Tools to Traits. I've been friends with her for the past 12 years, and gosh, she's just a, a wealth of wisdom and insight. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, my homie, Narisha Liggins. Thank you. <laughs> honor to be here. Thank you so much. Narisha. Yeah. Now, so we just had, we had a conversation uh, about a month ago. We were just playing catch up, trying to see what was going on in these uh, Corona streets and trying to see how life was treating you and all that good stuff. And the conversation went pretty deep and we got into a really, really dope conversation. And I would be remiss if I didn't introduce my audience to the wisdom that, that you have uh, you are a wealth of knowledge and, and, and intellect, especially, and I didn't know this. Like, this was, this was new to me. I got a chance to see a totally different facet of you. And listen, so everybody right now, do not click off of this. I want you to watch it all the way through its entirety. Uh, I know we suffer from an ADHD generation where we have watched something for a couple of minutes and be like, oh, okay, well, I'll jump off. But this right here will impact your life forever. If there's anything that you need to listen to, it's this episode right here. Narisha, yeah. we had a conversation about the spirit of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. um, what introduced you to the, to the research of this spirit? Wow. So I spent the past 12 years, maybe 10 years, working in ministry in different capacities from um, worship pastor to executive director to being on boards of directors for church plants, developing curriculum. And one thing that I kept seeing over and over were these specific individuals that had the same type of characteristics and character traits that caused a lot of division in within congregations. And they always had the same patterns. And so I started researching and just in reading and in writing reading a lot of books, not just the Bible, but a lot of books from people who've done some deep studies about the Jezebel spirit. And I kept seeing those same patterns show up all throughout the, my career working in ministry. So yeah, it became something that I was able to identify quickly and understand how to manage that. Well, for the unchurch, try to break down, what does that really mean? What is the Jezebel spirit? Okay, well, for the unchurched, so it's just a demonic spirit, but it has certain character traits that pull upon control and manipulation and deception. You'll see a lot of lying. You'll see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to control what's going on up front, and, you, and you'll see it outside of the church, too. Um, I would say it's in corporations. It's in anyone that has a vision. You'll always be attracting someone that has those particular character traits of that Jezebel spirit. 
So when we when, uh, you talked about the Jezebel spirit being first introduced in the Bible, in what story? In First Kings, um, and when that was with Elijah. And so Elijah and actually Jezebel's husband, Ahab, they had this, you know, battle. Elijah and Jezebel worshipped Baal. Yes. And so they decided, you know, they were going to go after Elijah because Elijah was doing all these miracles, right? Yeah. And, and, and again, he was sent by God. Well, Jezebel opposes God and God's plan. One thing about the Jezebel spirit as it relates to the body of Christ is that her goal, that spirit's goal, not a she because it can show up in male and female, but that spirit's goal is to destroy the work of the Lord no matter what it is. It is the antichrist spirit. So anything that is a part of God's plan, there is a spirit that opposes that, that work and opposes that plan. And so Elijah comes in, is, is sent to confront that spirit. And what Jezebel does is, of course, she does what she does. She causes fear. She causes chaos. And as strong of a man of God and a prophet that Elijah was, it affected him. You know, there was a point in the story um, in 1 Kings 18, you know, the whole battle at Mount Carmel. Uh, he defeated Ahab, and God defeated Ahab using Elijah. And then at the end, he runs, and he's afraid because Jezebel's threatening his life. So even with God using him, he was still affected by the fear and manipulation and the threats of that spirit and that person. So it's, it doesn't, you being a person of God does not make you um, un uncapable of being affected by that spirit. Right, right. So we hear that spirit spoke a lot about, well, we hear the reference when it's dealing with relationships yeah. and dealing with um, just love. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, she had a Jezebel spirit. And most times, like you said, we hear it referred to as a woman, but that spirit shows up in our female and male counterparts. What does that look like in a relationship? Destruction. It is, it is really a plot to control, manipulate, and destroy. And then also, it is, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? It's codependent. Yes. It creates a codependency. So, you know, I need you. And I, and I might even play the victim so that I will win your heart yes. and win your empathy and your sympathy so you won't get angry when I'm doing these things that are destructive. So a lot of times people refer to that as narcissists. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they'll say, hey, I'm, I've, I've become entangled since that's going to be the word of the year. So what's the difference between a narcissist and someone that is operating the Jezebel spirit? Well, there's not much a difference other than a person that is dealing with the mental disability of, I won't say a mental disability, but yeah. it's a psychological issue. Yes. Um, what happens is that spirit uses that as a, as, as a way to control and a way to, to, to distribute, I guess, yeah. the destruction along yeah. uh, through that, through that disability or that, 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 issue that, that person uh, that person or that illness right so a narcissist is someone is very similar and yep. they can and a lot of times you can find both one dealing with both sides of that but a narcissist is someone that is controlling you know controlling the the environment so that they can be the center of attention right right, right. and they're not only just the center of attention but they want to be in control of everything yes. and i have seen I have seen it being real petty, 
just, you know, for no reason. Like, they would cause a stir over here and just, and just say, hey, watch this. And then go tell someone something over here just to watch how that plays <laughs> out. That is, that is someone that is manipulating, yes. manipulating a situation, manip- manipulating people's lives and, the, yeah. and stories and narratives just for their own gratification. Their own entertainment. Their own entertainment. So narcissism, it really focuses on self-gratification. And, it's, and, and usually, most people who are narcissists are severely insecure. insecure. Yep. Yes, severe. Yep. And that's how they, they medicate themselves, yeah. is, is maintaining control over the environment and the people in that environment. So let's say that someone is dating someone in a, that is operating in a Jezebel spirit. What does that look like? Like, what tangible things could the person be able to look, you know, identify and be like, hold on. And, you know, we always say that, you know, we talked about destruction and causing uh, chaos in their life. But let's get a little deeper and more specific where someone can say, oh, my God, I need to kind of figure this out because I've been feeling this. What may that look like? Uh, It could be constant blaming, blaming you, finding something at fault. And they're never taking ownership for their side of it. There it is. There it is. Um, It could be. Again, causing fights for no reason. Again, wanting the attention, being the victim when they've really been the bully yes. in a lot of the situations, yes. you know. Um, and then just lying, I hate to say it, but <laughs> oh, yeah. being Always. deceptive um, and just wanting to maintain control of every narrative, even if it's false. I'm going to control the narrative so that I always look good. You said one in our conversation, you said something that Jezebel did. What did Jezebel ask for? Uh, she asked for the head of. Uh, no, 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 no. Her husband, Ahab, asked for. He was going after to, to buy a vineyard. Right. He was yes. going to buy a vineyard. Unpack that. Okay. Naboth was, was a person that had a vineyard, and the Lord had given that to him and his family. Uh, Ahab goes to him and says, hey, I want to, you know, I want this vineyard. I want to be able to plant a garden in your vineyard. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll sell, you know, I'll I'll pay you for whatever. And he was like, I can't get rid of this. This is something the Lord gave me. Mm -hmm. And he comes home. To his boo thing. To his boo thing. And he, you know, he's upset and he's, you know, just sad because he didn't, it didn't work out. The business deal didn't work out. Jezebel says, okay, take a nap. You know, I got this, you know, (laughs) so she takes control of the situation. And what she does while he's sleeping is she uses his name. She writes these fake letters and these, in these fake government documents, uses his name, signs his name, uses his uh, signature ring, which is back then they would have these, these yeah. rings where they that's, would, you know. That's how they would sign the documents. They would sign documents, embossed documents. She used that and declared that this property was going to be her husband's. And so, again, did all of these manipulative things, these, these deceptive things, and ordered them to have the man killed from what I remember so that her husband could get this, this property. So, you know, in today's society, we would consider that I got a ride or die chick. <laughs> you know what? That is true. That is a, some, some ride or die right there. But at the at the expense of what? Yes. You know, who is that person? What is the character of that person? Because if they'll do that to somebody else, they'll, they'll do it to no, you. It's, it's, it's just all, and all it takes is one argument. Yes. All it takes is for you not to give that person what, what they, they want. want. All right. And they're going to show up and show out. Exactly. They're they showing you what's inside of them. They're showing you their character. Their character. Oftentimes yeah. we ignore the 
I mean, the blatant display of character. Yeah. And yeah. we go, well, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just what he or she did with them. Mm-hmm. You said something profound. I said, oftentimes we get into uh, relationships with people or dealings with people and people that are empaths, they tend to want to cover somebody yep. in their weakness. Mm-hmm. And you said there's a difference between weak- weakness and what? Wickedness. A difference between what? Weakness and wickedness. What's the difference? This is so dope. I love it. <laughs> so, so weakness, you know, that's an area where we're struggling with something. You know, yep. there are, in my opinion, I've not seen this before. This is just how I understand sin to work out. There's three phases to it. There's struggle, there's submission, and then there's celebration. And so the struggle part is like, I know this is wrong, but my goodness, you know, I'm struggling this yeah. with this, right? And then we get into this the submission to it. I'm I surrender to it. I'm submission, I'm submitting to it. This is kind of okay, you know, this is who I am now. But then when we start to celebrate it, then we start boasting about that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that boasting yeah. about that thing. So the struggle part is the weakness, you know. This is an area that I'm struggling in, you know, yes. and I'm trying to get better. I recognize that I'm, I'm, I'm deficient in this area. I need to work on myself. And people want to, you want to help per, a person that's weak. But when you've gotten into the celebration part, okay, yes. yeah, now that's wickedness because it is no holds bar now. This is not, this is no longer something you have are reckoning with. This is who you are. This, you've made this a part of your lifestyle. You made this sin a part of your character traits. And so, when you're in a relationship with a relationship with someone and they've moved the dial from weakness to wickedness that is a sign that you are never ever ever going to recover that person because at this point you can't even help them they have to get right with god mm-hmm. they have to come to themselves and recognize that this i have fallen away severely from where i'm supposed to be that's not something you can lead someone into. That has to be something that the Holy Spirit leads a person into. So weakness is fine because yeah. we're growing together. We At least we can identify it. But at wickedness, it's a part of who you are. Well, listen, this, this begs an even deeper question. Is there redemption for Jezebel? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, there was redemption for Ahab in, in, this, in this story. If you, Let's talk about it. So Ahab actually recognize that Elijah was worshiping the one true God. Right. And the curse that had fallen upon Ahab because of his wickedness, that was that was removed off of him when he submitted to God. So yes, absolutely. There's well, what always about Jezebel though. Jezebel was was rebellious in that. <laughs> yeah. She maintained her position. She maintained her wickedness. Yeah. And she would not backtrack from that. So, you know, what the Lord said was going to happen to her, happened to her. So that's what I'm saying. So when I say redemption, because it's interesting because I the Jezebel spirit is so related to narcissists and it's sad because Therapists say that a narcissist cannot change. They can change certain characteristics about yeah. themselves, but they you can try to teach them, hey, it may not be nice to treat somebody like this. You may want to choose differently, but who they are is who they are. Yeah. You know, I can understand why people would say that I've worked and worked for a lot of narcissists, and it, it is something that 
it's hard to see them coming out of, but I, I they have the first that there's a problem. You have, and that's the, <laughs> yeah, it's ain't nothing wrong with me. Y'all, y'all, they're always me. the victim. Yeah. They're like y'all the problem. They're always the victim. And so even when they do something, they don't see they're wrong. They only see the situation that caused them to have yes. to do what they You did. made me do yes. that. Yes. <laughs> right. Boy, I'll tell you, I, boy, okay. I'm trying not to be triggered here. <laughs> Don't be triggered. Ah, uh, come on, somebody. Yeah, when you deal with that type of personality, like, you made me do I made, I made you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's the disorder. The disorder is the inability to see themselves. It's, it's a lack of self-awareness. Makes sense, but and, and I have no room and time for that type of spirit. And we should. I'm just not. I'm just we not shouldn't. built for that. God didn't call me for that ministry. <laughs> Stay with whole people, people that understand who they are and can apologize and yeah. admit they faults and mistakes. Because I'll be the first. I try to race you to an apology. Yeah. And so I always say, listen, I don't like any discord between us. I wanna, I wanna get back to happy. Yeah. You know, and that's my rule. I always say, let's get back to happy. Let's figure out what it is. Let's 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 have those tough uh, those tough conversations. And let's get back to happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, pursuit of happiness. That's what I look at. That's good. So, Narisha. Yes. You're an absolutely dope woman. Thank you. Why are you single? Oh, I hate that question. I know. It. And that's the wrong and that's the wrong approach to say is why it are you single? Is. Like, how do you answer that? I why just, am I single? I just told some friends when we were, I did an interview yesterday. I said, don't ask me why I'm and single. And I did that. And I did that because I did it. I did it on purpose because why? that's the stupidest thing that people it say. Is. It is. I, I don't have an answer to that. All right. So let me rephrase it. Okay. Find a more intelligent way to say that. You're a dope woman. Thank you. Highly intelligent. Absolutely beautiful. At this place in your life right now, you have chosen to be single until God, what? Brings you the right person? Have you met people along the way? What is it that you desire in marriage? Or do you want to be married? Wow. Um, this is not what we talked about. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh, this is good then. Good. This is good. Let's talk. Uh, okay. I do desire to be married. Uh, I have dated along the way. Uh-huh. Uh, the right person just has not manifested. The right person hasn't manifested. Right. All right. We'll just leave that at that. Yeah, there you go. I want to unpack that. Don't. 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 Okay. Because <laughs> listen, I always say to whom much is given, much is required. And so I think that when you find women that are like just, I call it whole. When I see you, I see a whole woman. And so I always wonder like, is as whole as you are, do you still feel the void of the absence of of a love relationship. Absolutely. Because when God made Adam, he was whole. And he, when God made Eve, she was whole. That, that they still needed one another. And so I'm whole as an individual woman, but that does not mean that there isn't partnership that can be whole too. There it is. Ooh, that was good. Because, see, I hear a lot of women just, like, they get to this level of success and they reach this stuff and they be like, I don't need no man. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I just... No, like, that's anti-Christ. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus had a bride. <laughs> Has a bride. Even Jesus had a bride. Yes, boy. Jesus has a bride. The we, church. We were designed. We were designed for partnership. And I'm not of that independent woman theory. I think that demasculates men in a lot of ways. I believe that we were designed for relationship. And you know, women who say that 
come from a place of hurt and we've yeah. had to do things. I've had to do things being a single mom that, you know, if, if I didn't, if I had allowed bitterness to set in, I would say, well, yeah, I don't need a man, but that's not the way that God created me. So how'd you balance that? How'd you balance the life of not growing bitter towards the male species and saying, you know, I still desire that. I see something. What do you see? Um, what do you see that a man, a husband provides that you can't do on your own? A lot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a kite. You know, I might be thinking about this over here and then I want to do this over here. So for me personally, and this is not everybody's story, but right. I'm, the, I'm the person that needs someone at the end of the string holding it down. Because I have a lot of ideas, I have a lot of dreams that I want to chase. So that balance would be the perfect scenario for a partnership for me. So <laughs> you wrote the book from, from Tools, Tools to Traits. Let me yeah. get a close up on this. So you wrote the book from Tools to Traits. Yeah. What is this book about? So I think I have always thought a lot about death for some reason. It sounds real, real morbid. morbid. I, I know it does. But I always think about, you know, what am I going to leave behind that from that perspective? Who am, who am I going to leave behind? Not just what, but who am I going to leave behind and what will I leave them and so this book was a development of all of the character traits that I wanted to be known for after I leave. And so I talk about building confidence, um, understanding my influence and how powerful that is, being poised, um, understanding what my superpowers are and when to execute those superpowers. I talk about healthy thoughts, um, understanding the patterns of automatic brain thinking versus deliberate brain thinking. Yeah. And, and Leaving in, uh, intentional encounters, making sure that every encounter that you have with someone has an intention and a purpose. You know, that, that speaks to me because I, I look back at my life and I, you know, when I was touring the country and all that. And I was like, what if I wish I knew then what I know now where I can make each encounter that I had intentional. But in that in that time, I felt like. You know, when I was meeting a lot of these different celebrities, I didn't want to be an opportunist. And so right. and so I was like, well, yeah, Chris Tucker's at my show. So, I mean, I don't want to be the dude to be like, hey, let's keep in contact. Hey, maybe you can be in my next show yeah. and all this. And I kept saying, this is just so I just didn't have intentional mm -hmm. encounters. I meet people. Hey, how you doing? They probably thought I was stuck up. But I just, hey, what's going on? And when I look back at that, I ask God, I want you to teach me to be present in every moment. That's what it because is. Because I haven't, I'll just yeah. be like, and you're dealing with the stress of touring, the stress yep. of just life, and just, just stuff just passing me by. And I want to, that resonated with me about what, well, you know, what you just said, to have intentional encounters with people. Yeah, and it's and it's not. I I feel the same way. I've I've been in environments where there've been celebrities all my life, yeah. basically. And you don't ever want to, you know, feel like you're being an opportunist or yeah. you know. And that's just the opposite of who we are. Yeah. But when I think of a, about an intentional encounter, it's being aware of the presence, the light that I bring, the fragrance that I want to leave the room when I leave. You know, a fragrance being, I want to. Oh, <laughs> right there, preach. You ever been to you know a place and you hear you somebody's got on some strong perfume and, and then they, they leave and then their perfume is still yeah. there? To me, that's legacy. Yes, and being able to leave legacy in the room is is important. That's an intentional encounter. Encounter. Hmm. From tools to traits, tools for becoming a better you. Yeah. So the takeaway, when people read this book, what is, what is it that you want them to take away from this? Wholeness. I want them to be able to see themselves as a whole person and, and, 
and feel proud of the person that they are and that they're going to leave behind. So in this book, you know, our podcast is about keeping it lit, where we live in intentionally and transparently. Yes. In this book, where people get an inside look on who you are and what developed you in becoming who you are today? Yes. Um, I'm not a very, I'm a very private person, but I share some very intimate stories, some, some stories where I have actually done some things wrong and You've done stuff wrong I mean, I, believe oh it or not goodness. yes there there are stories where I have uh, I, that I actually share that I actually was biased you know about a situation and I had to really evaluate my thinking on something and how the, the Lord corrected my thinking and said hey you've been a victim of bias why would you feel this way why would you treat this person that way so I do share some intimate stories about my own hurt um some some areas where I have I'm still growing I'm still growing in a we lot of areas are. so this is a living book for me it's still it's, I'm still living this thing out what made you write it um, it's an ode to myself it's a reminder for myself it's a gift to myself of being able to celebrate how far I've come but also knowing that there's some some places I need to develop how have people been responding to it well it just came out like two days ago, I've had a couple of people respond. Read it before. Yeah. Well, no, I you have nobody read it before you release. Just it. my editor. Really? Yeah, just my editor. Ooh, so yeah. this this is this is this is sister it's, home. When yeah. You put your, when you put your life from one writer to another, when you put your life out there for other people to critique and judge, and and it's it's a it's like letting your baby go. It is. It is definitely because it's a piece of me. It is. You know, and these are some intimate stories that nobody really even knows about. There's things that the only God knows about <laughs> that I shared in this book, and I and I only shared it because I felt like other people could relate. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Where can they get it? Amazon. Oh, she all on Amazon and yes. stuff. She wasn't about to say, meet me in the corner of Costco <laughs> parking lot. I got no. something in the trunk. You know, uh, I, I want to buy this copy. So can I buy this copy? You can buy that copy. Okay. I'll gift you that copy. I want to buy it because I, I like sowing seeds in the writers. Like, I, you know, I got I to gotta buy it. Well, uh, so I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pay double for it. So listen, so the reality is this. What can people do to steer away from that Jezebel spirit? When you say steer away, do you mean... In, in themselves or with other people? With other people. So they meet somebody and it's somebody that they really like because one thing that we really don't talk a lot about is the Jezebel spirit is extremely charming. Yes. It's extremely yeah. romantic. It's mm -hmm. extremely everything that you could possibly desire in that, in that opposite, uh, you know, in the opposite sex, especially mm -hmm. if it's in a love relationship. What, like, <laughs> What's the aha moment to say, oh, my God, my, my flesh is telling me yeah. this because it's going to be 100 percent fleshly. It's, 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 it's fleshly. You want this person and you go, I can't. I just I can't. What should they do? Pay attention to pay attention to the cues where they're asking you without asking you. Mm. What, what I mean is if they're if they're playing the victim, playing the, the person that needs your help. You know, and, and I'm not saying that every person that needs, needs your help is a, Jezebel, is a spirit. Jezebel spirit, but one of the first tactics is to get you to feel sorry for them mm, mm, so mm. that you now have an anchor into their into their life. There it is. So that's always that's one good. of the first things. That is the first thing. That is the, the one I tell you. Yeah, that, okay. Amen. Um, um, what's your name again? Uh, Narisha Liggins. God bless you. 
Uh, now listen, Narisha, I really enjoyed you being on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Hopefully the you know the listeners take something away from this, apply to the life, and grow. Make sure you get the book from Tools to Traits. Um, this is this is your first book, right? It's my second book. Second book. What was yeah, the first? One? The first book was a devotional. Devotional. Ah, see, see all spiritual and stuff. You're doing devotionals <laughs> and stuff. Look at the Lord. Ah, so Narisha, I always ask people this. Um, do you have a lot of guys that try to slide in your DMs and try to holler? I won't say a lot. A lot. No. There's a couple of them. Few. What, what about in person? Do people do you prefer personal encounters they meet? I know we didn't talk about this, but this is just funny. When people when people meet you personally, are you old school where you rather people meet you face to face out and about or through social media? I don't know that I, I have a preference. You don't? I no, I don't know that I have a preference. Okay. All right. It doesn't right. happen as often as you would probably think. So I don't know what's wrong with guys. Anyway, <laughs> people are just crazy. Uh, we're gonna talk about that. I'm gonna do some type of hookup. A dating after Rona cools down. Would you come to the to the dating event? Probably not. So she says she'll come. So make sure when she comes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you come? That's just not my thing. Okay, I'm gonna try to find a way for you to come. Teresha, it's been an honor having you on the the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for being transparent and keeping it lit. God bless you. Man, let me tell you something. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Narisha. I love when I'm able to just sit down and talk to people about spiritual truths and to give my listeners a different perspective um, on things in the spirit realm. But here's my favorite part of the episode is when I get a chance to manifest my future wifey. Dear future wifey, let's give a round of applause for the last woman who broke my heart. You see, if Satan prevailed, that experience would have caused me to grow bitter towards love like it often does in men. However, God's sovereignty thwarted the enemy's agenda and through that horrible experience, it deepened my capacity to love. It revealed to me that my heart could pump past the threshold of heartbreak and make spiritual deposits into our love bank even before you are named the beneficiary. Allow the tears I shed throughout my past pain to serve as a river that ushers you into my life. This is my confession. I become a repellent to toxic behavior, Jezebel spirits and narcissistic tendencies. So please check that out the door before entering my life. Cleanse yourself from all previous encounters with those foul spirits and come to me whole. I'll continue doing the work for total restoration to be free from emotional triggers. I'm committed to the process for the promise your future hubby thank you for listening to the dear future wifey podcast remember be lit live intentionally and transparently and don't stop loving make sure to subscribe to our dear future wifey youtube channel we're available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and stitcher we welcome your support simply share our podcast with your friends and family